This episode of Weekly Weird News is sponsored by HelloFresh. If you know us, you know that we love the arts. Yes. In particular, we are connoisseurs of a specific genre and movement of art that is so beyond the constraints of existing definitions that it has no name, but we will call it ruined art. Yes. Art that was created with talent and purpose, and then sometime later was transformed into something new entirely by someone with neither the skills nor the expertise to justify doing so. We've seen many examples of this in recent years, particularly with regards to religious art in Spain for some reason, <laughs> with the uh, monkey Christ generally seen as having kickstarted this movement. Mm -hmm. But today we bring you a rare example from the world of modern art, which very suitably relies on a more subtle approach than what we're used to seeing with this kind of thing. And again, the alterations in every single case that we have studied meticulously on mm -hmm. this show yes. are, by definition, art they themselves. Are. They're transformative. The, it is it is creating something new, and I, I do love it. Yeah, it, ruined art or transformative, uh, modern transformative of, yes. uh, of like Renaissance art, it is, it is its own genre now. And I, I honestly don't think it'll be too long before we see an entire category of this type of stuff at yeah. Art Basel. Put all of these in a room at Art. Yeah, Art Basel is always on the cutting edge. But that's the problem that we've faced before, is it has to happen naturally in a Mr. Magoo-type sense. Yeah, you can't force this. No, this is raw, like, just happenstance. Yeah. It is not something that you can create in a lab or, or try to do on your own. And yeah, Just like you can't grow truffles on a farm, you yeah. gotta find them. Exactly. They just have to happen naturally. So uh, today is another good example of that. Uh, and it will be replicated throughout time. But the first to do it has created art. Here we see the painting Three Figures by Soviet avant-garde artist Anna Leporskaya as it existed for 88 years after being completed in 1934. And here we see what it looks like now. Can you see the difference? It's subtle. <laughs> the two previously featureless faces on the left and right now have eyes. Uh, if you hadn't seen the original, you might not even notice that something was awry, but those eyes definitely are not supposed to be there. So, so what happened? Well, here's the Guardian. A valuable avant-garde painting has been vandalized by a bored security guard <laughs> who drew eyes on faceless figures in the artwork on his first day working in a wow. Russian gallery. <laughs> Anna Leporskaya's Three Figures was painted between 1932 and 1934 and had been insured for 75 million rubles, 1.4 million Australian dollars or 740,000 pounds. It was on display as part of an abstract art exhibition at the Boris Yeltsin Presidential Center in Ekaterinburg when the guard drew eyes on it using a ballpoint pen. Alexander Drozdov, the executive director of the Yeltsin Center, did not identify the security guard in a statement, but said he worked for a private security company and had been fired. The exhibition's curator, Anna Reshetkina, said the painting was vandalized with a Yeltsin Center branded pen. <laughs> Quote, his motives are still unknown, but the administration believes it was some kind of lapse in sanity, she said. The ink has slightly penetrated into the paint layer since the titanium white used to paint the faces is not covered with author's varnish, as is often the case in abstract painting of that time, Ivan Petrov wrote in the art newspaper, which broke the story. The security guard in question has been fired and is currently missing. The security guard's name? Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. literally happened in the Mr. Bean movie. Yeah. Uh, in the Mr. Bean movie, he accidentally... Uh, damages Whistler's mother, Whistler's mother, the famous American painting, and yeah. he, he tries to fix it, and it just gets 
worse and worse and worse. Yeah. So, yeah, a security guard got so bored during his very first day on the job at this art gallery that he just went right up to a painting and made some revisions on it. Just That's Baylor. <laughs> oh, they're missing eyeballs. Oh, she forget to put eyeballs. <laughs> it's unclear what could have brought on this lapse in sanity, but uh, modern art, it's not for everyone. If you've gone through life expecting paintings of people to actually have faces with eyes and noses and mouths, yeah, you might get a little bit annoyed having to stare at three featureless faces all day long. Clearly, this artist was on a deadline and didn't have time to finish her work. So, uh, you know what? I'll just go ahead and finish it for her. Uh, there, now you can see. Uh, and so can the people on the on the painting. Yeah. I, I'm sure that I'll get a promotion for this. Yeah. Great yeah. job, Ivan. Yes. We've been waiting for someone to have the initiative, the moxie, to fix this clearly unfinished work. I mean, it. it look, the, sanit the insanity defense could hold up really well if it was like, I feel like they were staring at me and I needed them to like look away or look yeah. at something else. It's very creepy. Yeah. So, you know. And look. It was a lovely painting before. Yeah. Truly amazing. It was a beautiful painting. Yeah, a lovely painting. Looks but I would assume that attendance is, at least in the short term, going to go up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no longer on display. I think they should have left it up a little bit. Come and see. The greatest act of modern art vandalism since the last one. Um, Russia's a little busy right now. But uh, after the Ukrainian war, uh, then everyone can yeah. go to the painting. Anyways, luckily the repair costs will probably only be a few thousand no, dollars. No, don't repair it! They're going to do it. No! Unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, the guard who drew the eyes is looking at some potential prison time for his revisions. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of weird, though, how all this is just coming out now, more than two months after the vandalism took place. It wasn't even reported to the police for two whole weeks after the eyes were first spotted. Maybe the museum was just like, who's going to notice? What? Or the museum was like, this security guard is going to get killed. Yeah. Yeah. You need to make arrangements. Because yeah, Russia does love uh, art that it owns, whether it's... And they own a lot of great art. And uh, performative art, like the ballet. Yeah. That's, uh, you're, you're going to dedicate your life to it, and that's that. Sorry, that's your life. Yeah. Yeah. Back to that article. The Yeltsin Center reported the damage to police on the 20th of December, but Ekaterinburg's Ministry of Internal Affairs initially declined to press charges as the damage was deemed insignificant. I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> Actually, it looks better. <laughs> Russian media reported that the Ministry of Culture later complained to the Prosecutor General's office about the lack of action, and last week, police announced that they had opened an investigation. The suspect faces a fine in up to three months in prison. I mean, but still just a slap on the wrist for destroying some legendary artwork. Yeah, what message are you sending, Russia? Like, Pussy Riot's been willing to, like, fuck shit up to maybe spend the rest of their lives in prison. You're just going to let this guard just sit down in the clink for three months? It's going to happen again. Yeah. I mean, someone taped a banana to a wall in America and made millions. They so, did. I, I, you know, maybe this isn't a crime at all. That banana on the wall, by the way, pretty much the first NFT. True. Because the buyer, all they got was a certificate of authenticity. The banana, of course, rotted into filth after yeah. just a couple days. But they own it. Yeah. Now we got that gold cube in Central Park. Ugh. And, uh, Yeah. The various obelisks around the world that were popping up last year. That's all art. Everything's art. I okay? forgot, forgot about the obelisks. Wow. Yeah. Time does fly. But uh, if going down to the museum to look at art isn't your thing, maybe going down to the zoo to look at animals is more your speed. Yeah. Just don't try drawing eyes on any of the animals. They wouldn't appreciate it. Uh, 
It could go a lot worse. You could face a lot more prison time for trying to draw eyes on animals. You uh, might not live to tell the tale. We've previously discussed the alarming percentage of the population who thinks that they would stand a chance in a one-on-one -on -one fight against various wild animals, uh, despite that clearly being a terrible idea. But there are, of course, a few extraordinary individuals out there who might stand a slightly better chance. They'd still lose against bears, lions, elephants, and gorillas, but the fight would at least last a little bit longer than it would with your average human. And one of these people is Shaquille O'Neal, who at seven foot one and 325 pounds was one of the greatest and biggest players to ever play in the NBA. Yeah, I've been in a room with that man. It is, uh, it hurts your brain a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a big boy. Yes, he is. So Shaq is apparently quite the animal lover, and while he's smart enough to not want to jump into a zoo enclosure and assert physical dominance, apparently when gorillas get a look at him, they see him as a potentially worthy opponent. And it's easy to look at Shaq on the court or in the TV studio next to other unusually large men and say, okay, yeah, I mean, the guy's he's, he's pretty big, sure. But when you see him next to average-sized people, including his girlfriend, who looks like a child next to him, mm -hmm. uh, and then you put yourself in the mindset of a gorilla who sees hundreds of average-sized people every day, it does start to make a little more sense why these primate kings would see Shaquille O'Neal as a potential threat. Uh, and this recently came up during an episode of Shaq's podcast. Uh, here's Insider. True story, Shaq said. I've been to every zoo in the world. and every Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of zoos. Uh, every zoo. <laughs> and every time I go to the gorilla section, they look at me like, hey, man, where your fur at? For real. For real. That's, that's how they look at me. They also look at me like, what am I doing in here and you out there? And they always go crazy when they see me. Shaq, who is 7 feet 1 inch at 325 pounds, then called the animal expert Ron McGill, the communications director for Zoo Miami. McGill is also a bit of a zookeeper to the stars and a celebrity in his own right. McGill not only confirmed the story, but also took it a step further by explaining that the male gorillas are intimidated by Shaq. <laughs> uh, the gorilla gets intimidated and he looks at Shaq and thinks Shaq is going to take away his girls and he gets tight-lipped and tries to stand up and make himself look as big as possible, McGill said. But at the end of the day, he backs off. He knows who's boss. Shaq then added that it, it is the same at every zoo. Uh, every zoo in the world, they go crazy, Shaq said. They try to break out the damn thing and try to fight me. And that, another thing to talk about Shaq's height. I, I had uh, some friends. Shaq's a DJ now. Yeah. DJ Diesel. He's and been a DJ for a long time, actually. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before but, being a celebrity DJ was like the but, hot thing But now do. he's like prominent on the EDM scene. Yeah. And he's, he just played, uh, he had a whole event downtown, Shaq's Funhouse around the Super Bowl. And uh, apparently, I, I had friends that go that were like, just yesterday talking about him DJing. And uh, it was Funhouse themed or whatever. So he had, while he was DJing, he had uh, people on stilts that were doing like, you know, juggling or whatever. Yeah. Like carnival stilt walkers. And they said that they were the same height as Shaq who had no stilts. So they said it was a really odd scene. Because uh, he's behind the booth, so his yeah. whole bottom half is, uh, is covered. So uh, just very interesting. So if you're a gorilla and you see a guy like Shaq, you're like, well, this, this must be their king. Yeah. <laughs> the king of these people that have oppressed me and my people for so long. Yeah. Kept us locked up in cages. This is my one chance. He's I have the to one fight in charge. Yes. If yeah. I kill this man, maybe they free all the gorillas. And look, I, Shaq should probably be aware of this, but the gorilla would win in a fight. Oh, ha handily. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should not fight a gorilla. A gorilla will rip you limb from limb. Yes. Uh, you he has watch... the height. He has the height, but not the, the, the strength. If you ever watch videos of them fighting each other in zoos, even like play fighting, it is so violent yeah. and terrifying, they would turn you into red mist. Mm -hmm. Shaq would last a couple seconds. Though. Gorillas in the red mist. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so therein does lie a big problem with being a guy who looks big and intimidating and not worth picking a fight with. It actually does kind of make you the perfect target for someone else looking to assert dominance. It's like how new inmates sometimes pick a fight with the biggest guy in the yard on their first day. But uh, yeah, I guess that same mindset exists with gorillas. They see the biggest human, and like, that guy's got to go. Yes. But uh, moving on now to some other animal news about an animal that, despite its lack of physical advantages compared to humans, seems to absolutely love messing with humans via a more clever method than one-on-one combat. Vehicular sabotage. Uh, Here's the Wall Street Journal with an article. It's a couple years old now. We somehow completely missed it the first time around. I... I read it. I'm like, how did we miss this back in 2019? It's uh, it's perfect, but here you go. Ever wondered what kind of weasel would vandalize a perfectly good car left outside at night? Germany has the answer. Its technical name is the Stone Martin. This sharp-toothed critter has a habit of squeezing into the innards of parked cars and feasting on plastic hoses and tubes, and Germany's Martin population is exploding. Weasel damage is the fourth most frequent cause of non-collision auto insurance claims in Germany. Last year, drivers here filed 198,000 claims for weasel-inflicted damage, a 42% increase since 2005, and that probably underestimates the carnage. Quote, we only have data from those insurers that offer a weasel policy, said Henning (laughs) Elkelage, a spokesman for the Insurers Federation. While other Europeans may dismiss weasel attacks as a mere annoyance, no one messes with a German's car. Without consequences, says Michael Schonthal, owner of MS Martin Seeker GmbH, a maker of popular weasel deterrent systems. What? Which is why the German auto industry has declared war on the weasel. Like any war, it starts with getting to know the enemy. So, yeah, we would have never guessed that weasels were such a huge problem for German automobile owners, but they're uh, apparently a big enough problem that German automakers factor weasel defense into their designs these days. And uh, despite cars existing in Germany for well over 100 years, this is a somewhat recent problem, actually. Uh, the Stone Martin was previously hunted nearly to extinction in the fur trade, but once furs fell out of fashion in the 70s and 80s, their population bounced right back. Furs good? <laughs> and uh, they became a common pest, much like raccoons here in the U.S. But uh, instead of just digging through the trash, they're digging through the cars. The article says, It rifles through garbage and steals eggs. Auto parts aren't technically edible. They seem to send the Stone Martin into a rage. They're, it's like drugs to them. <laughs> yeah. Where's the food? <laughs> this is Flocka for weasels. Yeah. Yeah. Once these incidents became a pattern, Audi and Mercedes-Benz hired a biologist to figure out what was going on and if perhaps there was some new mutant species of weasel <laughs> that feeds on cars. Uh, back to the article. Carl Kugelschafter, now 64, interviewed hundreds of victims, locked up luxury cars in cages, and watched as weasels ripped them to shreds. To shreds, they said. <laughs> uh, they go absolutely insane and tear everything apart, said Mr. Kugelschafter, uh, who today is better known as the inventor of a groundbreaking method of counting bats. <laughs> this article has it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the early days of the war on weasels were frustrating. Sprays made from dog or bear urine didn't work. Then Manfred Gutjar, a senior research executive at Daimler, took Mr. Kugelschafer's research and launched the Manhattan Project of Germany's Weasel Defense. His key legacy was the Weidenzauprinzip, or Weidenzauprinzip, or pasture fence principle, an electric fence woven around the engine to zap the critters. In 1985, Mr. Gujar and his team registered the first patent for a weasel defense system that remains the anti-weasel weapon of choice today. It's like the cobra alarm in America, but it's an actual cobra. Yeah. 
I wonder if they have. Uh, I wonder if in Australia they have like uh, this for snakes. Yeah, maybe. Because I think snakes do like crawling up into people's engines uh, in Australia, where every animal wants to kill you. Well, so this also happens in like North America, where any random animal will get near your engine block because it's warm. Yeah, a lot of cats. End yeah. Up in, uh, then you got a car fire in your hands, and you yeah. killed all nine of those lives. When I was a kid, a, a rat died in our engine, and uh, obviously we didn't notice for a while until it started to smell like death. Yeah. And we had to take it in and have someone just take that car apart, trying to find that smell. Anyway, Mercedes Benz, this, this weasel thing is such a big deal in Germany that Mercedes Benz even put out this ad a few years ago showing a Stone Martin. Sneaking into the engine compartment of an A-Class and then getting violently shocked and immediately running away. That's German quality right there for <laughs> you. Uh, Audi sells an optional weasel defense system for around $225. It's basically the same thing. Uh, plus, there's a whole cottage industry of third-party weasel deterrents. Uh, from the article, Weasel Repellent Spray retails for around $20 a can. There are dozens of products online in the German Amazon store with names like Marderschrank, Scourge of the Weasel, <laughs> Martin EX, or Dr. Staler's Mater Abwehr Spray. Uh, some are biodegradable, while others promise to also repel raccoons. There are mats and netting that can be attached to the underside of the engine, and mechanical devices such as decoy cables that can be hooked up <laughs> to a battery source to shock the animals when they bite. At the more sophisticated end, K&K Handel's Gesellschaft MBH <laughs> has developed a weasel defense array of six ultrasound speakers coupled with high-voltage electricity. The speakers send ultrasound bursts that are inaudible to humans, but allegedly unbearable to weasels. Should a brave or deaf weasel nevertheless climb on board and touch the speakers, it gets hit with a 300-volt shock that K&K claims will spoil the weasel's fun playing in the engine. So, pretty serious stuff. Also, I didn't know... Uh, how did they get raccoons over there? How did the raccoon end up in Europe? Uh, Who let that happen? On one of the American warships. Yeah. Yeah. Some soldiers, some, some American GIs brought over their lucky raccoon, and here we are today. Those little, the little bandits are crawling through European garbage. I wish they weren't so uh, bad, because they are adorable with their little hands. They're so cute, and then, but they don't like us. No. You, you see one? They get real... Real mean. Yeah. Real rabid sometimes, too. They do get the rabies, mm -hmm. um, and they do make a big old mess. They do. Yeah. If you ever... If you Lock ever, your garbage cans, yeah. folks. Yeah. Keep those lids shut. Mm -hmm. They they will... They'll just tear through it in search of one little apple core, and then the next morning, you're like, God, God damn it. Well, this My be Sunday's been ruined. It's uh, you know, it's always interesting to find something unique about a country, and uh, yeah. finally something can, uh, you know, you know, a nice little uh, dinner party fact about Germany that has nothing to do with World War II. Nothing to do. Godwin's with it. law has no effect on this, other than are the Germans using some kind of uh, chemical warfare against these enemies, enemy combatants? Uh, yeah. Yeah, are they... Are they coming up with uh, a final odd, solution to the... Oddly creative ways to take the, out these weasels? Yeah, this is all true. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, good to know, I guess. Yeah. If you're ever driving through Germany, make sure make sure that rental car place... I'll get the weasel package, thank you. Yeah, the weasel insurance, please. Mm -hmm. I don't need the insurance for driving as fast as I want on the Autobahn. Yeah. But once I stop, that's where the real... That's where the danger is in Germany. Danger. Drive fast, no problem. Yeah. That's why they don't have a speed limit. Yeah. The weasels are fast. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's move on from land animals to water animals. Uh, it's ice fishing season in uh, parts of the U.S. where lakes freeze in the winter. But 
while drilling a hole in some ice to try to catch some fish seems like a harmless winter activity. Not everyone thinks so. No. One Ohio mayor seems to view ice fishing as a slippery and icy slope to full-on Sodom and Gomorrah hedonism, the likes of which have never been seen before. Sounds unlikely to our ears, but let's hear this mayor out. Here's Cleveland.com. Hudson Mayor Craig Schubert, whose baseless claims that school board members were peddling child pornography led to a rebuke from the Summit County prosecutor, is now garnering attention for suggesting ice fishing in the city could lead to prostitution. (laughs) Schubert made the comments, which have been widely shared online, during a Hudson City Council meeting on Tuesday. Council President Chris Foster said a number of residents have requested permission to ice fish on Hudson Springs Lake, according to a recording of the meeting posted on the city's website. Ice fishing is prohibited on the lake. Several officials demurred. They worried someone could fall through the ice and the city could be held liable. It could also create an additional burden for Hudson's firefighters, paramedics, and police officers. Schubert raised an altogether different concern. Quote, if you open this up to ice fishing, well, on the surface, it sounds good. Then what happens next year? Schubert asked. Does someone come back and say, I want an ice shanty on Hudson Springs Park for X amount of time? And then if you allow ice fishing with shanties, then that leads to another problem prostitution. And now you got the police chief and the police department involved. Man, he really got there quick. That's uh, a very suspicious A to B. It's like A, B, C, Z. Yes. He skipped a few logical steps in there, but I mean, I guess it is entirely possible to run a a whorehouse on a frozen lake. Probably not the best place for it, but... yeah. So look, there you have it. Ice fishing uh, huts, they inevitably lead to rampant prostitution. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's pretty much always an election season somewhere in this country. So as a little palate cleanser after that last story, let's look at a U.S. Senate candidate down in Louisiana who is a little bit more chill. In fact, he's a lot more chill because the first ad for Gary Chambers' 22, uh, 2022 campaign features him lighting and smoking an enormous blunt while rattling off statistics about how many Americans' marijuana smokers' lives are ruined by the war on drugs and how disproportionately marijuana laws affect black people, and how financially wasteful the enforcement of these laws has been for state and local governments who should be spending that money in more productive ways. Elect this man. Mm. We need a pothead in Congress. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Louisiana... one that's not a libertarian. Yeah, yeah. Get, the, get those guys out of here. Yeah. No. The age of consent. It stays where it is, sir. <laughs> We're not lowering it any lower. Uh, but yeah, Louisiana has some of the most restrictive marijuana laws in the country, which sucks, because can you imagine Bourbon Street with legalized weed. They're just, it, they, I could. It would be exactly the same. They love their hedonism down there. And yeah. why, so why are they so uptight about this one thing? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Gary Chambers is actually committing a crime on camera in that ad. And uh, in his next campaign ad, posted just a few weeks later, Gary Chambers went after local sensibilities in an even more direct way, unfurling a Confederate flag, dousing it in gasoline, and lighting it on fire while reading off statistics about how the legacy of the Confederacy is alive and well for black people in the South. So, yeah, cool. I'm in. Smoking fat doinks and burning the Confederate flag. Both fucking rule. And uh, this man should be president. Skip the Senate. Elect this man president. Yes. Get out of the way, Joe Biden. (laughs) You were supposed to end the war on drugs, you fucking... He was supposed to do a lot of things. And instead, we're just going to war again. My favorite thing is... And this is not entirely Biden's fault. In fact, it's not his fault at all. It's it's William DeJoy's fault. The 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 postal service guy. guy, But, like, Biden was like, we're going to replace every uh, postal truck... With an electric vehicle. It's going to be huge for the auto industry. And the, the the designs finally came in last month. It's like, this is the most inefficient vehicle ever designed. It's mm-hmm. like they went out of their way to get make this thing a fucking gas guzzler. Like, it, it gets like eight miles per gallon. 
We've done it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, let's move on to some very important updates to recent stories that we've covered, starting with an update uh, to what's our, probably our favorite story of the yes. year, uh, which we first covered on the most recent episode of Tech News Day. The husband and wife, Bonnie and Clyde, Web3 Bonnie and Clyde, yeah. <laughs> who the U.S. Justice Department says was behind probably the biggest cryptocurrency heist ever, valued at around $4.5 billion. And what really elevates this story are two things. First off, they apparently did an absolutely terrible job at covering their tracks. But secondly, and most notably, the wife, Heather Morgan, is a rapper, influencer, and journalist, in addition to being an accused crypto thief. And her music is some of the worst shit that we've ever heard. But she's so sh shameless about it. Yes. She really sells it. Yes. This is also art. It's no talent, art. but lots of moxie and drive. It's like someone had a beautiful painting of uh, what hip-hop should be. Yeah. And she went up and defaced it for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> it does feel like if you if you care about uh, rap music at all, it is kind of violating to hear, <laughs> to hear her take on it. Yeah. Anyway, just as we fucking predicted... As soon as that story first made the news, the race was on to start production on the inevitable Netflix documentary series about it. So that's happening. Here's Deadline. The team behind Netflix's Fire Festival documentary and HBO's Elizabeth Holmes doc have teamed up to produce a docuseries about a pair of alleged Bitcoin money launderers. Netflix has ordered a series about Ilya Dutch Lichtenstein and Heather Morgan, who were arrested and face charges for conspiring to launder around $3.6 billion worth of Bitcoin. Morgan, a hipster rapper otherwise known as Razzlecon and Forbes contributor, and her husband Lichtenstein were arrested earlier this week in New York after being accused of conspiring to launder nearly 120,000 Bitcoin tied to the 2016 hack of a virtual currency exchange. The value of the stolen Bitcoin soared from $71 million at the time of the hack to nearly $5 billion, and they allegedly tried to liquidate their digital money by creating fake identities and online accounts and buying physical gold, NFTs, and more. All while investigators raced to track the money's movement on the blockchain. It is thought to be the biggest criminal financial case in history. Which is insane to think about, but it's it's technically true. It's Yeah. It's just when you see the people behind it, you say, that can't be right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Also, uh, and it sort of updates that story. A very funny update. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Heather she, Morgan, she sold NFTs of her, of songs, her songs, which I don't believe anybody was buying them before this news broke. But once the news broke, those became uh, like legitimate collector's items. Uh, and so people were buying them up, trading them on OpenSea. OpenSea and the DOJ confiscated them. Yeah, they're like, well, these are technically uh, ill-gotten gains. Yeah, uh, they printed out the page. Yeah, so the DOJ. <laughs> they literally right-clicked. Yeah, the DOJ just sent, uh, they, they, they. I don't know what they call it, but they they told OpenSea, those are ours now. Yeah, which is which hilarious. again, I'm just another example of the blockchain not being like uh, decentralized or like separated from uh, and the eyes of the law or anything no like that. No actual ownership. Yeah. Uh, also, just hilarious to think that like federal officials are now right clicking. Yeah. The ultimate right clickers. Real right click mentality. The the FBI's Twitter account has a hexagon now. Yeah. <laughs> they just, this is the profile picture. <laughs> it's ours. <laughs> check the check the hash data. It's there. It's oh ours. My God. It's in our MetaMask wallet. <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, in another update to a recent story, it looks like the man behind a long string of attacks in Chicago, in which cups full of urine were thrown into the faces of unsuspecting pedestrians, has finally been caught. Here's a Block Club Chicago. 
A 35-year-old man has been charged with throwing urine at a woman in Andersonville, where a string of such attacks have shocked neighbors. Bright Ibe, 35, has been charged with two felony counts of aggravated battery, according to police. Police say Ibe threw urine at a 60-year-old woman in November, about 7.30 p.m., November 6th. The woman was walking in the 5300 block of North Ashland Avenue when Ibe walked up and threw the contents of a cup at her, police said. The cup was filled with urine, the victim told CBS2. At least three attacks were reported recently in Andersonville involving the throwing of urine at people walking in the neighborhood, according to CBS2. Reports of a man throwing urine at people walking dogs have flooded an Andersonville Facebook page. Yeah, this is serious stuff. So, yeah. But they uh, got him. They got him. It's unclear how exactly the police were able to finally nab Mr. Piss. Uh, <laughs> the stop and frisk program. You got any, got any piss on you? Big piss bags? Uh, but yeah, luckily, the residents of this neighborhood will no longer need to fear the horrible sensation of being out in the freezing cold Chicago winter and having hot piss thrown in their eyes and mouth while walking their dog, who probably wants to lick it off of them. Yeah. But while Mr. Piss has been found, another recent character has apparently been lost. So a few weeks ago, the minor league Portland Pickles baseball team went viral when their mascot, Dylan T. Pickle, took over their Twitter account and posted what... Sure seemed like a dick pic, or at least the mascot equivalent of a dick pic. Yeah. Like, it's not a human penis, but it is an appendage. Yes. Uh, and so this kind of sounds like the Portland Pickles once again just trying to go viral with some news about Dylan the Pickle. But Dylan T. Pickle has, in fact, been kidnapped, and they have the police reports to back that up. This is real. Wow. So uh, here's Oregon Live. Dylan's saga allegedly began on a return flight from Santo Domingo, headed back to Portland via JFK Airport. He was returning from an appearance at a Caribbean baseball series. That's when owner Alan Miller says Delta lost his luggage and the large black duffel bag with Dylan inside. After several days in limbo, Dylan was reportedly dropped off via delivery outside the Pickles office, located in what looks like a residential house in the 5300 of Southeast uh, 92nd Avenue. Ring camera footage provided by Miller shows a man dropping off a duffel bag, taking a photo of the front porch, and then ringing the doorbell before walking away. The drop-off occurred at 7.15 p.m. February 8th, according to the video timestamp, after business hours for the Pickles team. At 4.58 a.m. February 9th, ring video then shows someone walking up and taking the bag. The person is wearing an Adidas backpack, over-the-ear headphones, a face covering, and beanie hat. Damn. So yeah, Dylan got lost by Delta Airlines. And then got lost again when someone stole him off a doorstep after Delta found him and dropped him off and didn't fucking send a notification or anything. Mm -hmm. They always do this, the airlines. They're like, yeah, you'll get it sometime in the next couple days. We won't let you know. Just, and all uh, of your important, the, the things that are most important yeah. to you that you travel with are going to be just on It'll, your doorstep. It's going to be at some point yeah. in the next week. It will be on your doorstep. So I guess uh, sleep with one eye open. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, mascot costumes, they're not cheap. And minor league baseball teams, not exactly flush with cash. So mm -hmm. this is pretty unfortunate for the Pickles. And it's horrible timing considering that Dylan had just recently... Made it into the national spotlight. Well, it's going to be hard to sell the costume, though, because everyone's going to know. Yeah, it's... Uh, Especially in Portland. It's hot goods. It's like mm -hmm. it's like stealing the Hope Diamond. Like, oh, who are you going to sell it to? Anyway, yeah. Fortunately, local Portland businesses have rallied together to offer up quite the rewards package for anyone who comes forward with the information leading to the return of Dylan. Uh, the prize pool is huge. It currently includes tickets to multiple sports games and multiple concerts, free food from several restaurants, free clothing free beer and booze, free lime scooter credit, and even a free lawnmower 4.0 for Manscaped. <laughs> wow. Great. Do you think the person that found this was, if they weren't aware, like pulled the costume out? Like, why does this have a dick? 
<laughs> why does this, why does this <laughs> costume weird. have is a this penis? fetish thing? Yeah. Uh, anyways, local pickle company Wickles Pickles is also offering $1,000 worth of pickles, which seems like a lot, but not for us. I love pickles. I love them. Uh, meanwhile, sports mascots from around the country are rallying behind the cause and getting the word out about Dylan. And so far, we've got Sock Squatch of the Burlington Sock Puppets, Fungo of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, Pims of the Prince Albert Raiders, Loco of the Altoona Curve, Gnarly of Orange County SC, Maynard of the Madison Mallards, Boogie of the Carolina Disco Turkeys, Spike of the Cleburne Railroaders, and Spruce the Goose of the Las Vegas Aviators. Uh, Gritty's silence does speak volumes on this. I thought Gritty was a creature of the people. Yeah, well, he's a creature of the people. He's like, he's a mascot. He doesn't want, he's just like, I'm not like those other mascots. I'm a cool mascot. He's, uh-huh. He doesn't have any mascot friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They don't like him because he started acting all Hollywood yeah. when he came into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Gritty stole the pickle costume. Because he's getting too much getting attention. Getting too much attention. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gritty's like, I'm the weird Gritty mascot. has a penis too. Yeah. <laughs> you just haven't seen it. And it. But it's bigger and it actually works. I was saving my Gritty penis for a big reveal and this Dylan T. Pickle just ruined it. Now if I show off my Gritty dick, they're going to be like, oh, he's just copying the pickle. No. I had the penis first. Gritty murdered Dylan. Yeah. Yep. It was, a, it was a giant orange creature in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, the, the security footage captured a large, furry, orange thing with googly eyes. Mm-hmm. If anyone recognized him. Uh... <laughs> he walked up and shook his belly yeah. like this, spun <laughs> his eyes weird. around. Yeah. Anyways, we've got the uh, headlines half of the show coming right up. But first, a word from our sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get convenience without skimping on quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in long lines and ensuring you don't waste money on excess food. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including veggie, calorie smart, family friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. Customize your favorite dishes with their new Hello Custom offerings by swapping out one protein or side for another, upgrading for a more luxe experience, or even adding protein to a veggie meal. That means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you. These recipes are definitely not bland, and if you're a real spice lover, real spice head, the spice doth flow. Next week's menu has got firecracker meatballs with roasted green beans and jasmine one rice. One of my favorite consistent That one's meals, damn yeah. good. Uh, sweet heat shrimp tempura bowls with sesame roasted broccoli and quick pickles. Ooh, pickles. And Caribbean-style curry beef bowls over mango cauliflower rice. Go to HelloFresh.com slash WeeklyWeird16 and use code WeeklyWeird16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that is up to 16 free meals and three free gifts by going to HelloFresh.com slash WeeklyWeird16 and using code WeeklyWeird16. All right, it's time for the weirdest, wildest headlines from around the world. But, of course, we're just going to start in Florida. Yeah. Got to start in Florida. Where it all, <laughs> where it all happens. Yeah, uh, starting with... Florida man leaves bar, then steals car that gets hit by a train and smashes into a house. The real Rube Goldberg situation here. Especially, like, Florida, not really known for its train system. Yeah, well, the goods got to get where they need to go. True, I guess, yeah. So, yeah, he, this man, obviously, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe he was completely sober when this happened, but I'm going to assume. I'm the DD. I'm going to assume he, yeah, maybe he was a designated driver. 
Uh, he left what the could bu- possibly happen? He left the bar. I guess he couldn't find where he parked, so he's just like, oh, I'm going to steal someone else's car so I can drive around the neighborhood more efficiently Yeah. find my car. It's no harm, no foul. They're yeah. not using it. They're too drunk to drive anyway. Yeah. I, the sober, responsible person, will steal their car. Yeah. So that, And you know what? They're going to be confused when they come out. They're not driving home in it. Actually doing the world a service. So somehow he ends up on the train tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets out of the car just in time before a train decimates this car and throws it into the side of a house. Uh, and then the headline didn't even include this, but he next, undeterred, he saw a forklift nearby, mm. tried to commandeer the forklift. A, uh, an open-air forklift just randomly yeah, sprung about? what are the odds? Uh, and that, I guess he did. And he knew how to turn it on and everything. He damaged the forklift, and then, so he finally, he just, he flagged down the cops. He's like, I'm still looking for my car. Have you seen my car? I know it's around here somewhere. I'm, a, I'm being a good Samaritan right now. Yeah. Also, someone left a forklift outside, so I wanted to, like, find the owner. Yeah, so there's I... a big mess back there. That car's not mine, trust me. <laughs> He's not lying about that. Yeah. This is almost as crazy as that uh, plane that got hit by a train. But not <laughs> yeah. as crazy. Not as crazy. That shit was wild. Yeah. Boris Johnson, not a complete clown, says his new press chief. But that's calculated because they do want him to appear as some percentage of clown. This is, yeah, this is all part of... It's all part of the plan. But yeah, I guess uh, after that party gate thing where he held a big old party. That's uh, the downfall, against, apparently. Against his own COVID guidelines. Yeah, he, it's, it's his Gavin Newsom moment. But like, uh, it's so weird that that is the thing that sticks. Yeah. Especially at this point during the pandemic. It's like this guy can play dumb, but like that was that was uh, not That was too much for some people. Yeah, that's, it, that's what's so, so strange uh, about it. Yeah, I guess like most of his staff is denied. So he hired this new guy who's already doing the spin. He's like, you know. He's not a complete clown. He, you know, he does like to have fun, though. When I showed up at the job, I asked him uh, how how are things going, and he started singing the chorus to Gloria Gaynor's "I Will Survive." <laughs> so he likes to have fun. But then we got serious and started really talking about things. Yeah. So he's not a complete clown, but he's still, you know, he's a clown. You got to yeah. cut him some slack. You know, <laughs> he's uh, that's our Boris. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this uh, next. I don't know. I don't know how elections work there. I don't know when the next ones like do, but it'll be interesting if. People in the UK just keep voting conservative like they have for the last fucking like 15 years, no matter what happens. Not like Labour's really given them much of a choice. Mm-hmm. A plant shop owner is fighting Nike over the name Just Suck It, as in succulents. Yeah, this person sells uh, succulent plants online. You lovely, think- uh, lovely plants for if you live in a... Drought climate. Yeah. Uh, they require very little water. They're beautiful. Um, but yeah, Nike uh, seems to believe that this woman's uh, Etsy shop where she sells succulents uh, infringes on their trademark. You would think that it. this would be a bigger problem for uh, late 90s WWE yeah. group Degeneration, Degeneration X. X. Just suck it! Suck it. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, now it'll be a three-way war with I Nike, got Nike, the WWE, and this uh, plant lady. I got two. No, I got three words for you. Just suck it. And then she goes like this, and succulents fly out. Yeah. And they're sharp. Because they then, that would, if she did that, that would take away anything that Nike could say that it was like a reference to them at all. Because she'd be like, no, I'm just a huge wrestling fan. Yeah. Well, if she removed the just, it would just be suck, suck it. it. Yeah. And then, that, yeah. Yeah. Then Vince McMahon would come after her. But is Vince McMahon litigious, though? I don't know. He seems like a real nice guy. <laughs> I'm sure he just let it slide. Yeah. Yeah. More and more Californians turn to Tijuana for affordable housing. 
Things are going great. My commute is seven and a half hours. I mean, if you live, if you work in the south end well, of even San Diego County. But just getting through the border and back every day? Yeah, it's not ideal. Um, but people do it. Uh, there's, and this has been happening for a while. Like there's, there's literally like right across the border, there's gated communities in Tijuana. Mm -hmm. That's like most of the people that live there are just Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess it's gone up quite a bit, obviously, because housing in this state is insane mm -hmm. and the rest of the country, but especially here. And, uh, they're, they're gentrifying Tijuana. The rent in Tijuana is now going up like crazy. Yeah. Which is not good for the actual residents of Tijuana. Just like are everywhere Mexican else, Mexican nationals yeah, yeah. who like literally just don't make nearly enough money to uh, afford to pay yeah. American price rents. So yeah, things are going great. We're just passing the buck. You're gonna have you're gonna have Mexicans uh, living in Guatemala and commuting over that border. It's just gonna go all the way down to the tip of Argentina and then Antarctica. People are going to start living in Antarctica and commuting to Argentina. We're going to be dead before then. It's, it's not even a, like a real fucking <laughs> no, thing it's that's going to happen play real out. quick. Like, now, that's why I'm buying my underground uh, shipping container house in uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Yeah, the UP. Yeah. Joe Paris seems to like it, and yeah. if it's good enough for him, and it's also the one place in, in North America... Chairman or, or Xi um, will look at it on a map and be like, all right, well, that's Canada. We can't bomb Canada. No, We're it's a, bomb apparently the, the, uh, the le I've, I've looked into this. It's the least affected uh, part of the United States as far as uh, climate, climate and natural disasters. No earthquakes, hurricanes. Interesting. Uh, tornadoes. It's a real Garden of Eden we've got up there so in the UP. So now I'm driving the, everyone in the Upper Peninsula is now, shut up. Yeah. Keep our little uh, sanctuary safe. But no, I'm going to be there living underground. Yeah. Don't worry. Just like uh, his, in uh, in the Joe Parrott show, his girlfriend is a doomsday prepper. Perfect. And has a, has a shelter in Good. her basement. Yeah. So, yeah. And every year, uh, just after Halloween, I'll put my pumpkin into the river and watch it float away. <laughs> As everyone does, I believe, in uh, the Upper Peninsula. Yeah, I think so. It's a tradition. Yeah. A California family discovered in the middle of a funeral that the casket for a loved one had the wrong body. They... I'm assuming it was an open casket or not open casket. It was closed. I guess they they, took they, a peek. they went up to take a peek and uh, it's real fucked up. They mixed up two old Asian ladies. <laughs> wow. This funeral <laughs> home is racist. Yeah. What's the difference, really? Mm -hmm. Two old raisin-like Asian ladies got mixed up. And uh, I guess one of the families, their, whatever their religious background is, this, this does uh, technically make grandma into a ghost forced to uh, wander the uh, terrestrial plane mm -hmm. because uh, her burial rights got just completely fucked up by this. So she's a ghost now, uh, just doomed to wander the earth for all of eternity, haunting everyone she comes into contact with. Well, they really fucked up. They really yeah. fucked up. Mm -hmm. This isn't just a simple mix-up. You hate to see it. You really fuck things up for this woman's immortal soul. Mm-hmm. Now everyone has to screw up their death so they can all hang out together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to do. Exactly. We're all... You know what? No. We're all getting... Uh, having our funerals here. And yeah. you're doing it for a discount. Yeah. When I die, just throw my casket into Mix the, me up. Put it into the, the raffle tumbler. Yes. The bingo tumbler. And then pull out just any casket. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Is it the same with the... Uh, uh, what's the other form? Where you get burned up? 
Doesn't that like keep your soul on earth or something Cremation? too? Yeah. Mm, I mean, in India, it's the preferred uh, method. Well, that's a different religion, Elliot. America is a Christian nation, you know. Yeah, there's nothing but Christians here. I mean, ideally, we should all die on a cross. Yeah, I believe, and then be buried in a tomb. But I don't see anyone <laughs> to doing arise that. three days later. Yeah, I don't see anyone doing that. So yeah. I guess we're all kind of fucking up. All right. Joe Biden's mother so disliked England she refused to sleep in bed Queen had slept in. This is like the uh, Trump Obama bed thing all over again. Yeah, I don't think she pissed in it. Now Joe Biden's that. mom was like. All right, fine. Old lady I've marked kids. my territory. Yeah, she uh, she was there with her son on a state visit during mm-hmm. the Obama administration. And when she found out the queen had slept in that room, she slept on the floor. She's like, I will not sleep in a bed. That what that is What did she like about England? Uh, she's she's Irish. Oh. Irish American. Oh, you know, okay. Her last name was like Finnegan or some shit. And uh, yeah, apparently this came out in a book that one of the writers of Veep mm-hmm. published a while back. She had interviewed Joe Biden for like research purposes, and uh, he like unprompted. He's like, "Oh, you're English. Let me go grab." He, he went to his desk and like pulled out this like pile of poems that his mom had written about like how much she hates England. That's and great. It's just like one day God will rain justice down upon the Queen, and uh, Britain will be bathed in blood for what they did to the Irish. I wish this would turn <laughs> into like a big scandal. Like a big Joe Biden scandal. They're trying to turn it into like, a scandal. Yeah, he, you know, he hates England. Yeah, no, this is, a, and this, because there was that thing a few months back, uh, like, uh, excuse me, sir, BBC, can you? He's like, BBC, I'm Irish. <laughs> that, great. And, uh, and yeah, then he, like, when he pulled out of Afghanistan, like, he just muted his phone whenever, whenever Boris Johnson tried to call him. Good. I'm not talking about Limey. Don't tell me <laughs> about pulling out Boris. Oh, man. Fucking... British Empire like shrunk by half its size in the 1950s. If anyone knows about pulling out, it's you. I like a good uh, uh, this this food this feud. I like. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. <clears throat> the Brits are like they're already on the receiving end of a bunch of punches right now. They got Boris Johnson. They got they got uh, Brexit, and now Joe Biden of all people going in for the punch. Yeah. 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 America good. loves hitting people when they're down. Good. Chicago woman rescued from naked kidnapper thanks to Wordle. Uh, have you have you played it yet? Yeah, I, I don't tell anyone about it because I'm not one of those people. But yes, I play it every day. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> so you you like it now? Yeah, no, I, I yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's surprisingly I like to do it first thing in the morning to like wake up my brain because there's it's uh, it's interesting. Sometimes I'll get it in like three turns, like yeah. no problem. And there's been other ones where I'm just like. It takes me like half an hour of just they, like racking my brain. They pulled some bullshit this past week where they put a word with two two of the same letter in it, and I didn't know you could do that. Oh, yeah. It was like this week or last week, but like I was like, oh, I didn't know so they were doing that. So once you get the first part, you're like, well, it's like, obviously yeah, it's be. already taken. So yeah, I guess the British are mad at <laughs> Wordle too because uh, they're using the American spellings. Oh. So like color, I think was one of them. They're like. That's not how you spell Kalul. There's 17 letters in the word Kalul. Like, yeah, you, okay, you make your own Wordle that has like eight spaces instead of yeah. five. Oh, it's officially uh, taken over by New York Times now. If you go to it, it's that, like, yeah, it's yeah. all changed. Uh, but anyways, uh, Elliot not checking in with everyone, telling everyone about his Wordle. They like, would never know. You wouldn't. They would if never know if you'd been yeah, murdered, kidnapped, anything like that because this woman was checking in with her daughter, was yeah, it? Yeah, that was their daily thing, was yeah. uh, sending each other their Wordle scores, and she, and, did, she didn't do it. Yeah. So her daughter, like, several states over, was like, something's wrong. I'm going to call the police for a welfare check. Yeah. 
And yeah, this woman had been held hostage by some like random fucking crazy intruder for like almost a full day. This guy, I don't know what his deal was. He's very off. He like made her like take a bath with him and shit. Ugh. Yeah, real, real creepy stuff. Didn't yeah. didn't like harm her physically, but uh, doesn't sound like it was fun. So Wordle to the rescue. Wordle has already been saving lives. Thank you, Mr. Wardle, for your <laughs> app, Wordle. There you go. An Oregon woman was duped into thinking she was training to be a DEA agent for almost a year, officials say. <laughs> uh, eh, how did this happen? So this, uh, I guess this lady, she was taking like, like city college, like criminal justice classes. Mm-hmm. And some guy, some fake cop convinced her that uh, he was a cop and that uh, he's just like, oh, are you, do you want to be a cop too? I'll, I'll get you in the training program. Training starts now. All right. And uh, yes, yeah, so this lady was fully convinced that she was a DEA agent. Was she, this guy and her theoretically, uh, did he assume that they were like dating now or something? Or is this like a way to like... I don't know. There's like, it's just, there's they, not en- not nearly enough information here. They got caught because um, they did some fake cop shit and the real cops pulled them over and the guy was like, let's show more badges. And so they did and the cops were like, Okay, yeah, no, you're actually going to need to come down to the station because something else is going on. And, uh, yeah, the, but they, they were like, okay, these people are faking. But when they, the guy, they finally got him to admit, that he's like, okay, yeah, I'm not really a cop. But, like, the woman was, like, fully convinced. Well, because, she, yeah, she was been she gaslit was like, the entire time. No, you time. don't understand. I'm with the DEA. Like, uh, I did the whole process where I only ever communicate with one guy. The lie and, detector says she's telling the truth. And he recruited me in a parking lot. Yeah. So you got to let me go. They just knight her right then and there. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it's just like, if it wasn't so... If, if the creepy vibes weren't there, this would actually be like a pretty good premise for like a, a romantic comedy where a guy like, you know, just to like have something in common with this woman is like, oh, yeah, we're in, you know, I'm working with the DEA. Yeah. I could probably get you into the program. And oh, and she, wow, she's really liking me. But yeah. I, now I have this whole thing that I have to keep putting up this this fake thing about the DEA because that's the only reason she really likes me. She doesn't like me for, for me. And then it's just this, yeah. this gotta constantly hi- I gotta hiring. hire some Japanese actors to pretend to be <laughs> yeah. uh, like drug dealers. We got to do a drug bust. Yeah. She's um, not going to believe it. But then it all turns out okay because she technically wasn't lying to the actual police. So then the police are like, you know what? You've got what it takes. You got a hell of a love story. And we also, we, we, we are desperately hiring officers. Our, our department has been decimated by the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah hey, like, the job's yours if you want it. Yeah. Nobody's, uh, nobody's taking the job. So if you actually want to be a part of everything, we have the door is open. I love that. That shit, every like week or so, some, some police organization or police department in the country is just like, by the way, last year was the worst year to be a cop in America. What? Hundreds of cops were taken off the street, murdered. Oh, why? Why were like, they? Why were they? Why did they die? Mm, yeah, you know, you know. It was Co- a silent killer. Cops oh, died. a silent killer. You say they used like a silencer? No, well, not exactly. It was, it was not coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Intruder armed with an AR-15 rifle apologized and left two hundred dollars for homeowners after breaking in to eat shrimp and have a bath. Police say. Is this the same guy that kidnapped the Wordle lady? He just loves baths. No, but that's they like are, his calling card. They are birds of a feather. This yeah. was like in New Mexico, and I don't know what this guy's deal was. Uh, probably crazy, but uh, broke into the house with a big long gun, made himself at home, drank some beers, cooked some shrimp, had Luck a bath. Tip. Uh, they got home, and he's like, "Ah, geez, well, this is awkward. That should cover it." Sorry <laughs> about the window. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, um, Your Honor. Still terrifying <laughs> to come home to an armed yeah. intruder, but, you know, you get a little cash tip Your out Your Honor, of it. this is all a misunderstanding. Did they get to keep the money? I don't know how that works. I would hope so, but yeah, the police are like, uh, actually, that's uh, that's evidence. We're going to take this down to the uh, evidence locker. Sorry about uh, did they, all that. Did the criminal give you any NFTs? Because those are ours, too. Yeah. We can legally confiscate them. Albuquerque Police Department. <laughs> Hexagon. <laughs> Verify on the blockchain. Bengals tight end CJ Uzuma promises to bathe in Chile if Cincinnati wins Super Bowl 56. They and do yeah. love chili up there in Ohio. And by the time this video goes up, uh, I guess we'll have our answer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Cincinnati, they love their chili up in Cincinnati. I haven't been to Ohio in over a decade, probably. But uh, they used to have a place called Skyline Chili, I believe. But yeah, they do love sucking on a chili dog outside the Tasty Freeze. Sucking on a chili dog. <laughs> outside the Tasty Freeze. <laughs> They do love that. <laughs> they, they love it. <laughs> they love their chili, and they love their chili dogs. But, yeah, life goes on. Yeah. <laughs> Even after the thrill of living is gone. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, that... Yeah, by know, the time this we'll airs, see. we will know whether the Rams covered themselves in... Um, um, mayonnaise and uh, various spices, like a delicious piece of elote. Yeah. Or if... The Bengals won and uh, brought a big old, uh, Kevin from the office came out with a big old vat of chili and uh, poured it on. Dumped it on. (laughs) We do things a little different. (laughs) It's the old Cincinnati special. Yeah. We're going to do this Cincinnati style. Yeah. Anyways, uh, have a good Super Bowl, everyone, I guess. Uh, If you're watching this, you probably already know what happened. But uh, I'm sure that we were inundated with crypto ads. A crypto uh, integrated... Fortune favors the brave. Crypto integrated halftime show, I'm guessing. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited to analyze all of the uh, the hard push of crypto shit because it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Uh, anyways, if you haven't seen it already, two absolute doozies of, an, of episodes. I mean, like, you couldn't have asked for better news stories that weren't, like, sad, yeah. I guess. You know, because that happens... More and more frequently. But we got MoviePass resurrecting itself. They're back. And then we got fucking Razzle Khan. Both just incredible stories. So please check out those videos if you haven't already. Follow us on TikTok at Internet Today TV. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.